Welcome to Stay in the Loop with Lucy, a podcast that offers an opportunity to stay connected to some of the basics that influence so much of our day-to-day living. Today's episode is an interview with Sarah Harris, the founder of Follow Your Flow, a website dedicated to educating women on their menstrual cycle. She's about to graduate with a master's in women's health medicine and runs workshops for girls and women to access greater understanding and knowing of their bodies. Today, we're going to embrace everything that Sarah has to offer. We're going to squeeze every bit of information out of her that we can. We're going to consider the background to our relationships with a woman's cycle and how that might influence some of the conversations mothers or perhaps even its educators, work with their daughters and young women. Thank you, Lucy. Could you offer us um, some history to the context of the way we view and talk about a woman's cycle? Sure. I mean, you know, there is a, a long history where I think the beliefs around menstruation and around women in general really has been, um, particularly around menstruation, has been shrouded in uh, lots of mistruths. So we can go back, you know, with beliefs and um, written in texts about in religions, certain religions about what it is for a woman to have her period and, you know, different customs and traditions in different countries. There's a strong history that actually um, keeps us away from knowing the truth about menstruation. So if we look at, you know, things like you know, religious texts and what has been written about how women uh, are supposed to be treated around the time of menstruation. There's um, different texts that that talk about the impurity and uncleanliness of of women at that time. And, And that's just filtered through generation after generation and through cultures. And it's sort of, it's very much woven in amongst the fabric of society and it's something that we don't necessarily maybe have those customs and traditions today you know in, in certainly in the modern western world but we still seem to be affected by that and you know menstruation is is something that is still very much hidden and um, kept quiet and something that we don't necessarily talk about so much even in this sort of supposedly evolved modern world we still seem to be sort of tainted and covered by this um, yeah by these mistruths that have woven their way in throughout history I certainly have come across a lot of young people talking about it being a curse or it being a nuisance about going on the pill in order to control when it comes and to um, keep that pill going just because it wasn't convenient because they were going to a festival or they were going somewhere or um, it it's it wasn't so much the menstrual cycle wasn't a relationship with their body. It was something that clearly needed to happen, but it was a failing of being female, which is, which has to come from somewhere, doesn't it? Like that, 
that we're not born thinking that, oh gosh, women are going to have X, Y, and Z. We're born as a woman, you know that your body has the potential to, to reproduce, that it's, I mean, it's an incredible gift, but that seems like just a small portion of what, what a woman's body is for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we do focus on in, in sex ed, you know, we, we focus on just the, the reproductive aspects of understanding uh, a woman's body. And I remember when I was in at school and that was my education was really about pregnancy. You know, it was really just about, you know, um, how a woman's body is made to, well, for, for one, it's, you know, we talked about not getting pregnant and two, talked about um, pregnancy itself. So there was this, this focus around either avoiding or achieving pregnancy. And so there's, there's a lot of focus around that and yet there's not the focus or the attention around the appreciation of understanding what a menstrual cycle actually is and what it's for outside of those um, realms because it's, it, it is much more than that and there is much more for us to have a relationship with, um, yet we're not taught that. There's, there's a lot of different kinds of education around, um, you know, what it is to be a woman and, you know, just in general, what we see and what we're bombarded with in the media and in movies and, and all of the things that come with, you know, objectifying women and how women are with their bodies. There's not that depth of wholesomeness that is taught, um, that is all reflected back to young girls so that they can they can appreciate what's actually going on in their body. So that's the foundation that we that that's the sex education that we get. That then perhaps our parents have got, which completely dictates that your entire cycle is about not getting pregnant or about telling you you're not pregnant, which is a which wow what a reduction of you know however many days it is so where do we where do we start and why is it important to consider it as a cycle i mean that that expression in itself probably needs some some teasing out because we call it the menstrual cycle we call it a period period feels like a stop if we if we take it as a a moment um or a blot which is a you know that American word for a period, a full stop. Um, so there's an element of slowdown associated with it, but the word cycle is about coming round again and again and again to something. As in nature, we have um, cycles in nature. We have moon and um, sun. We have the waters. That everything is part of a cycle. Can you share with us the magic of the cycle of this process in our body? Yeah, that's so beautifully said, Lucy. That's that's exactly how when I talk to grade fives and sixes about their menstrual cycle and and giving them a presentation on understanding their bodies, that's exactly where I start. I actually start with the bigger cycles and 
give them an understanding of the fact that we are in relationship with cycles all of the time. And we actually have those cycles within our own body in many different ways, you know, not just the menstrual cycle, there's the regeneration of the the blood cells and there's the flow of the the oxygen the in breath and the out breath and there's the cardiovascular system and the flow of the blood like there's cycles happening around us everywhere and there's cycles happening within us and our menstrual cycle is something that we often think of as just a period like we just get our period and then which is the bleeding which is the obvious physical part of the cycle so we get our period and then we just sort of you know forget about it until the period arrives again and it ends up kind of feeling like this just straight line you know that you're just kind of getting your period then it stops and then you get it again and then it stops but when we talk about it and actually get a sense of the fact that it is actually a cycle, then we can start to recognize and feel that there is different stages within these cycles. And just like you said, in terms of the seasons and the day and night, the moon, like all of those cycles, if we actually go against those cycles so you know if we if we went against or tried to push our body against the the day and the night cycle yeah so if we tried to stay up all night and then sleep all day we know everyone knows how much that's going to affect you and i mean you wouldn't even try and push against the the seasons like you know try and create winter in summer and summer in winter it's just you know it's it's just ridiculous and so then when we bring that back to our own bodies and we have these cycles going on all of the time, it just is, it makes sense that we actually should be embracing the different qualities and different stages of the cycles so that we can, we can optimize it, you know, and, and it can actually support us, you know, deeply hold us, you know, in life. And um, when we get to know the ebb and the flow of, of these different phases, because I think every woman would be able to tell you that, you know, when, when you're leading up to your period, you know, it feels very different to when you have your period to when you are midway through your cycle. So, we we know innately because we're feeling it physically that every stage is different but we just need to embrace those different stages and feel what our body is communicating at those different stages so that we don't try and push upstream if you like you know we don't try and push against that natural flow and we just allow the natural flow of our body to guide us basically you know and then because we're actually moving in a circle and and a cycle we're actually have the opportunity to learn and to grow um and learn about ourselves because we're coming back again so you know what did we do this cycle that didn't quite work and how can we you know do start again basically and move through the cycle differently next time Whereas if we just see it as a straight line, which it's not in a cycle anyway, but if we just see it as a straight line, we can think that we're just kind of getting away with things when we're actually not. The body registers everything.
if that makes sense. It totally does. And it makes me realize the illusion of diaries when you write in a straight line that if we could create this crazy diary where you just go back over the previous one and, and you're actually writing underneath each you know, you'd, you'd actually get to see more life more like Groundhog Day, which I think anyone who's familiar with this podcast, I talk about that all the time. It's like, oh, we're back again, doing it again. Um, and it, sometimes the stops that we get in our cycle are painful, either physically or psychologically. We either, um, we're, we've got cramps or um, there's just that heavy heavy feeling just before you you start your period or there's the there's the um moment which i think we'll go into later of ovulation which i didn't actually allow myself to feel until much later in my life but i kept feeling something i just didn't know what it was and no one in my education had ever discussed that there was a point in the middle where you ovulated and, and I think probably the majority of women wouldn't know about ovulation until they can't get pregnant. And someone says, okay, well, you know, let's pay attention to your ovulation. Are you ovulating? Which side are you ovulating from? You know, all of that. You've studied this for so many years now about human beings and women and their, and their cycles. What is it about us that needs something painful, either those tempers, um, the abuse that we can throw out and justify because we're premenstrual or the pain that we feel premenstrually. What is it about that being the only thing that makes us consider that we have a cycle and that the way we live may be influencing it? Well, I think that, that when it gets to that stage, we, we actually have to recognize that the body has been speaking to us or communicating to us um, on a subtle level for you know a long time so it's the fact that we probably don't acknowledge those small communications it's like you know getting these text messages you know from your body constantly and you know your body's saying okay just you know, maybe don't do that or maybe um, do that in this way or maybe you can look after yourself a little bit more there or go to bed earlier, all these little text messages that we just keep overriding and overriding and overriding and then compounding those with, you know, um, behaviours that make us not even see the text messages, you know, kind of it might be foods we eat or things like that where we can just compound the the, um, the, I guess, you know, avoidance of those messages. So that then builds up in our body, our bodies, you know, needing to speak to us quite loudly. And, um, and then we can, you know, have things like, you know, bad period pain or, you know, PMS symptoms where, you know, we haven't fully been dealing with things along the way. So beautiful. I really have a, uh, I have, I have an image now of, of getting messages from my body and leaving them on unread because it's not an appropriate time to read it in my mind or leaving them on read because it was an awkward moment. It was like, yeah, I know I didn't want to go to, um, I, I didn't want to stay up that late, but Hey, I did it. 
let's just pretend you didn't send that message you know <laughs> but your body knows it's been left on red so knows it delivered it knows you ignored it and it's like going hmm, okay we're gonna have to speak a little louder <laughs> great great pictures great images there um so this could be all new to some of the listeners it could be new to some of us that perhaps we don't but there has been some communication from our body so it sounds to me like it's a good place to start uh making a note of those form those communications how do you encourage them to listen to their body is it through a, a diary system ah, how, yes. do you, how do you start that conversation about or has your body been talking to you it is like a diary yeah absolutely i mean that's a great way like using i mean there's there are um apps out there that you can use these days there's you know some that i recommend to some of my um clients or the students and yeah that just keeping a track of how you're feeling every day and then getting a sense of how that changes throughout your cycle is um is a really great way to just basically just check in you we have to build a relationship with our body we have to have a relate it's and i always say that it is the most important relationship that we will ever have and so we we need to we need to um, cultivate and nurture that relationship with ourselves and with our body so that we can actually um, listen, you know, and respond to, to what it's asking because our body just wants us. It wants that harmony. It wants us to, to be in balance and it wants us to um, continually grow and evolve. So we have to um, have a relationship with our body that, that is constantly um, a way for us to constantly listen. Do you think that the move away from that awareness of our body communicating with us has, and I'm not asking for a causal link here, I'm just suggesting a relationship, has anything to do with the low self-esteem and the rising anxiety that we're seeing? Because obviously that, that can easily be found to be um related or associated with um with menstrual cycles uh and you know there are ideas of taking certain supplements to be able to balance that but it seems that part of that relationship if you if you develop the deep relationship that you have described it feels so honoring of yourself as a woman that I can imagine you would naturally have a better sense of self-esteem because you have more settlement in your body. Absolutely. It's the foundation of everything. You know, when you're appreciating, appreciating what your body's communicating without any, um, any judgment or, you know, just very lovingly understanding, being very lovingly understanding of your body and what's actually being communicated no matter what it is um, then that just sets a foundation for yourself and for how you're going to experience your cycle um, it just sets you up in a much better place so let's go to uh, maybe what young women starting out maybe women starting to consider this uh, would use each month to uh, 
handle the flow. So we have pads, we have tampons, tampacks, but we also have cups that I think are now becoming more popular because they are less wasteful. You can, um, and so I, I would love to, if you don't mind to share what on earth all the options are and their benefits or lack of. <laughs> yes. Okay. So there, there are exactly, as you say, we, we've got the traditional pads um, and they've, they've obviously come a long way since they first, <laughs> they were first around and what women yes. used to use. Not um, a brick anymore. No, that's right. <laughs> so we've got yeah pads, and then and and which come in all sorts of different shapes and sizes for different um, different amounts of flow, and then we've got tampons as well and cups. So tampons and cups are, are obviously different to pads because there's something that you need to insert up into the vagina. So that can be uncomfortable, and I don't know any woman who says that it wasn't uncomfortable the first time that they actually tried that. Mm. Um, There was lots of experimentation definitely from me when I first tried tampons to try and actually make it work. And um, eventually women get to a point where it's just something that they say is easy and um, that they can do it without any problems at all. However, I think it's important and, and cups as well. Obviously there's the, that um, environmental factor with cups that is very popular today. Um, however, what, what I think is really important to consider with, with those two options is that they are very easy. It's very easy for us to use those, um, use a tampon or a cup and then just continue on with life without fully considering the fact that you are actually you do actually still have your period and what that might actually mean for you so with with a pad i find that it's actually um you're more aware of the fact that yes you have your period and you know you can actually feel the flow of what's actually happening in your body and I feel that it it brings more attention and awareness to this fact and helps us to maybe pay more attention to how we need to be with ourselves. Whereas with tampons and cups, potentially it's, it's, you know, a way for women to just keep going, you know, just to just keep going how they were going without fully acknowledging that there is, there is something different happening in their body right now and perhaps they need to be a different, a different way. Uh, I remember as a young girl being mortified that people would see that I was on my period because they could see the pad. And so when, when there was an opportunity to use a, a tampon and a Tampax, I went for Tampax first because at least I didn't have to touch myself with the tampon you have to touch yourself more I mean you know even those those things people don't explain to you sometimes you know like the angle and everyone's going to have a different angle and you've got to find the angle that's right for you and then you've got to be present enough to remember you have one in before you go and stick another one in 
Correct. I mean, there's a certain amount of conscious presence you need to have in the moment. And you think, oh, look, there's no way I'm going to forget that I've got one up there. But now we're we're in an era where people go to the loo with their phones. So it would be really easy to check out and not actually remember what you were in there to do. (laughs) I mean, these are... um, Yes, many stories that I've heard um, between me and my friends or laughed about that perhaps uh, would be good to warn young women about. It's actually what, um, you know, just in terms of talking about these kinds of stories, I think in a way it's actually helps to younger women. It actually helps to see the ridiculousness of, you know, what we actually do to ourselves and why we why we do these things. So I think in terms of having conversations with young women and girls, it's, it's great to talk about your experiences uh, as you were growing up, you know, because that then kind of breaks a bit of a barrier and, and it supports them to actually see that, Oh, you, you went through this as well. And why is it that we, why is it that we go through it like this? You know, when it's something that is very, very natural for us why is it that we have so much you know shame humiliation and and um and all of that that comes with it you know when we have experienced these things i would also suggest bearing in mind you know the family unit and the relationship between the mother and her daughter and the and the boys in the house the men in the house that there is a responsibility on our part as women to not just say, oh, I'm premenstrual or I'm on my period, suck it up and, and allow me to get away with all my, you know, either sharp words or poor behavior or everything else that I might want to throw out there. But there is, um, there's no question that pain makes us behave in a different way. No question. Um, and that the change in hormones, the fluctuation in hormones means that there's an uncertainty or an unfamiliarity about um, what we're feeling and therefore that might come out in our expression. But I feel that we can get a bad rap and periods can get a bad rap and women on their periods can get a bad rap because there's so much uh, throwing out of blame rather than saying, well, hold on a second, I actually just need to be quiet and say it's at school I need to actually be quiet this lunchtime I'm not into the drama that I would normally get involved in I actually don't have capacity to deal with that right now I just want you all to go away I just need a bit of quiet time so rather than taking yourself off to the library or finding a buddy and just walking around the school as opposed to sitting down or finding that quiet spot um, there is a uh, or even in the home there is a throwing out that other people should, I'm not sure that I've found the right words, they need to fix our issue and that might contribute. So really having these conversations is super important, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And um, and with, I think, bringing, in bringing true education to menstruation and to women's reproductive health, I think it actually is really important to start with parents and adults 
you know, because we, what, whatever we can say or we like, you know, that, oh, it's fine. It's, you know, it's, it's natural. And, you know, it's all the things that we can say to make it sound good and okay. But behind all of that, we still haven't resolved all of our undealt with sort of issues around how we experience, um, menstruation and and same with you know men as well and how they sort of pass things off um to women of like oh she must be just hormonal or whatever it is you know i i actually do i've i've run presentations for adults and parents for that very reason because it it needs they they we need to talk about it you know we need to have the resolve and understanding of what's actually happened for us and and what is actually true um so that we can you know have that relationship with our own body so that when we do communicate with young women and and boys as well then they are actually getting the wholesomeness of what is being presented and not just the words stunning how can people find out more about what you do? So they can go to um, my website, followyourflow.com.au. And on there, they will find the different um, events that I run with CycleWise webinars and um, podcasts that will be released this year. So I also work with clients at um, my clinic, Living Stillness, and have worked with women with pregnancy or fertility issues for a long time, but also, yeah, with the focus of understanding how to support themselves in pregnancy um, and preconception. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm sure that it's going to throw up so many questions. So I'm hoping that people will be getting in touch with you. But equally, you've given us a really rounded picture, ah, a cycle, a rounded picture. <laughs> uh, I can entertain myself in little things like that all day. But there is, I feel very complete in terms of, you know, we have somewhere to start now with the relationship with our bodies that could be playful. It could be informative. Uh, we're going to feel the wisdom that, is inside us. We do not need a PhD to develop this relationship with our body. It's extraordinary, Sarah, and you've given us an amazing insight. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you, Lucy.